Greetings from Cyberdelic Space. This is Lorenzo, and I'm your host here in the Psychedelic Salon 2.0. Now, you may have noticed that I've been offline for a bit lately, and some of our fellow saloners probably assume that I've been at Burning Man. But, alas, uh, such was not the case. There were two other causes, actually. One of them was the fact that, without air conditioning, our little apartment here in Southern California just became too hot for me to even turn on my computer. And the other reason was that I've been really wrapped up in following the unfolding tragedy that the hurricane has brought to South Texas. For more than a third of my life, I lived in the Houston-Galveston area, and this event has caused me to do some serious thinking about where the people of this country seem to be headed. And in my next podcast from here in the salon, I'll tell you about some of the things that have been on my mind lately. But today, we've got a really interesting program for you. Lex Pelger and his friends at Bluebird Botanicals are going to bring us up to date on a topic that I've been receiving a lot of email about, cannabidiol, or CBD, which is a naturally occurring component of industrial hemp, or cannabis, and which not only may have some very important medical applications, but also it can be shipped to all 50 states. So uh, now let's join Lex and his friends to learn more about this important substance. Here comes an interview with two of the Bluebirds from the CBD company Bluebird Botanicals, who, full disclosure, have recently hired me to join their team. With Bluebird Botanicals, I'll be continuing my cannabinoid missionary work. I'm proud to join their team because not only do they strive to produce high-quality CBD oil from Colorado hemp farmers, they also support psychedelic research, and they want to see the Psychedelic Salon 2.0 continue to grow and thrive. So here's two of my favorite bluebirds to tell you about the company. Hi, I'm Lex Pelger of the Psychedelic Salon 2.0, and we are here at the offices of Bluebird Botanicals. Would you guys like to introduce yourselves? Hi, yeah, I'm Kevin Lybrock, and I'm uh, head of distribution here at Bluebird Botanicals. And my name is Michael Harrinen. I am chief brand officer, and basically that means I do a lot of marketing, some branding, and some design work. And so can you tell me about what Bluebird does and what your, your products are? Yeah, most certainly. So Bluebird Botanicals is one of the... I would say the most trusted and also one of the, the biggest companies that are currently acting in this space that's known as the hemp CBD industry. So essentially what we do is we, we take hemp. So that is the cannabis sativa plant that is grown according to federal law having less than 0.3% THC. So essentially non-psychoactive cannabis. And we extract it using various methods in order to draw out a lot of the beneficial compounds turn that into a standardized or mostly standardized dietary supplement and then resell that to all 50 states. And what are your uh, biggest products? What are the, the ones that people are most uh, in love with? So our most popular products are our Hemp Classic blend, which is just a blend of hemp seed oil and our hemp extract. We also make that in a six times concentration that has a lot more potent dose of cannabinoids. That's also uh, hemp seed oil, virgin hemp seed oil, and hemp extract. Uh, we also just uh, launched a new line of hemp extract capsules um, for people who would prefer to you know, use our supplements in a capsule form rather than an ingestible oil. And uh, those are made with our Colorado full-spectrum hemp extract and hemp seed oil, and they contain about 15 milligrams of cannabinoids in each capsule. Nice. And you also have started carrying CBG, correct? Yeah, so we, we have two isolated cannabinoids at the time being, um, one of them being CBD and the other one being CBG. So uh, it's, it's really interesting for us to be able to provide a couple of the isolated cannabinoids for research purposes only at this time. Um, but we've, we've gotten a lot of uh, 
a lot of interest from people and, and a lot of folks saying, hey, well, what about CBC? What about CBN? And it's one of our goals as a company to eventually be able to offer all of these different isolated cannabinoids, terpenes, um, basically breaking down the cannabis plant into its essential parts and some of its most popular parts, and then offering that up to researchers so they can really you know, spend the time to get to know these different components and possibly find out what they do. That's great. And the cool part about the CBG molecule is it's the mother molecule in the plant. All the other cannabinoids derive from CBG. It's what the plant makes first. And it's cool. There's so much good research about it being effective for all kinds of things. Though I should tell everyone listening out there, there are rules about making FDA claims. So even though all of us might know about a lot of these powers, these two gentlemen will be more circumspect than, uh, than the data probably shows just because that's, that's where it is. Um, and so I want to ask, so how did you both get involved in, in this industry, in this company? So I was uh, lucky enough to meet a good friend who started out, uh, one of the, he was one of the first people to work for Bluebird, uh, and I've been great friends with him for a long time. He had tons of amazing things to say about this company, and I was stuck in a you know corporate job that was kind of pushing me to my limits, and I was working too hard and not really enjoying it, and so when I had the... Uh, opportunity to move over to Bluebird, I was really excited. I joined the company uh, in May of uh, 2016, and I have just been, life is a lot better, and I, I feel great about what I'm doing now, and, uh, you know, get to feel like I'm, I'm helping people and really contributing to something new and exciting and a powerful revolution. Michael here, and so I, I was a uh born and raised in Minnesota and went to school there, went to college there. I studied management information systems. So basically, essentially a, a business degree with a, a strong emphasis on data management and some computer science aspects. And after I graduated, I um, spent a couple years working in the um, IT space. So I was doing some systems administration work, some network administration, and really kind of getting lost in the in the details of this high technology world. And it, it, it wasn't me. It wasn't supporting me in a very strong way. So uh, like anyone else who needs a reset in life would do, I spent six months living out of my car, driving up and down the West Coast, and, uh, and, and really just kind of spent some time figuring out what it is that I'm looking for. But as tends to happen when you're not working for six months, I ran out of money. So I put out feelers to all of my friends and the founder and CEO of Bluebird Botanicals, his name is Brandon Beatty. Um, he was a roommate of mine and he started Bluebird um, shortly before I left on my road trip and then they were just exploding in success. So I sent a few messages to a few different friends basically saying, hey folks, like, you know, anyone got work available? I'm, I'm looking to get back into making some money. And Brandon immediately replied back with a, hell yes, dude, get back here. Bluebird's blowing up. We need you. So I, I moved back to Colorado, which I was not, I was open to, but I, I wasn't anticipating it. I thought maybe California was going to be my landing spot. Um, but Bluebird just seemed like such a great company for me and such a great fit too. Um, because one, I, I, I really feel like I'm, I'm making a difference in the way that I want to make a difference in the world. And it's not to say I wasn't making a difference when I was working my tech jobs. Um, because I know that, of course, I was making a difference in people's lives and I was making a difference for the companies that I was working for. Um, but really, I'm, I'm much more interested in health and wellness and how you know, possibly we can make people better versions of themselves in this world. And I think that, you know, hemp and dietary supplements made from hemp have some enormous potential in that field. So it's felt really good to hear a lot of positive feedback since I've been here, talking with customers, connecting with them, and, and really hearing the difference that we're making. So it's, it's really been a beautiful thing for me. And another thing, a core part of Bluebird's mission is also to fight for free access to hemp and other plants that have long been misunderstood. And um, we are we're very open here about the the benefits that we believe that certain um, psychedelic substances or certain other plants that are considered herbal or, or alternative um, have and in, in, in what they could be used for. So we're we're very loud about that in our social media presence, and we we're supporters of maps. And I'm sure that you know I I don't. I don't have to say, you know, what I believe these things will do as your audience at the psychedelic salon are, are very familiar, but, uh, 
we're all very open about that here. And to be able to be true to myself and to share my experiences with my coworkers and, and in what they mean for me has been a real treat. Um, and speaking of the hemp and your belief in it, I wanted to ask about your supply chain. So where's the hemp coming from that uh, the Bluebird Botanical CBD and hemp products are coming from? Yeah, so we uh, we just transitioned over the past few months to uh, sourcing from all Colorado hemp, which we're really excited about, supporting you know our, our local farmers. And we've uh, you know found some really great farms to work with in Colorado. We've vetted them very carefully. Uh, we you know test all of our extracts from all of our farmers for a whole array of um, purity testing to make sure that the products are very clean. Um, you know, we test for mycotoxins, pesticides, uh, mildew, yeast, heavy metals, all the things that people don't want in these products. And so we're, we're very careful about our sourcing. And, you know, we, we want to have really good win-win partnerships with uh, all of our farmers in Colorado and really just help this movement, um, you know, and work together to get Know, hemp products to the people who who need them and who will benefit from them. That's really good to hear, especially because you know, allegations around the field about using you know hemp waste products from overseas that are leached with heavy metals, and for all the testing and cleanup that people that companies do, so much of it is in just having clean product, and the only way you can know that is by really knowing your farmers. And so, how do you even find the people to work with around the Colorado community? Well, really, word spreads. So as I as I said at the at the beginning, we're one of the the biggest and premier hemp CBD or or hemp extract distributors, and we it's it's been an interesting trip here at Bluebird. Like we've we've done a lot of outreach for sure, as far as building strategic partnerships, um, reaching out to clientele, um, getting the word out there as much as possible. But what's what's I would say even more so a part of who we are is we we just try to be the best that we can and and really do great work provide clean products provide excellent customer care and and just be the company that we would really want to work with and when we do that we get a lot of of i don't want to call it fame we we get a lot of attention we get a, a lot of people that are aware of us and they want to work with us so a lot of what bluebird has been doing for most of its growth has just been responding and it's it's been a, a really a different and beautiful way of, of just you know being in being incredible, being excellent, and then allowing um, all of the the connections that we need and all of the customers that we that we would like to help to just come to us. So that that's been a really big part of it. But then also Brandon, the the founder and CEO that I mentioned before, he's just absolutely incredible as far as his building connections goes. He's always very, very up-to-date in the industry, um, knows all the key players, is, is building partnerships with all of them. So it's, he, he's definitely been a big part of, uh, of creating those relationships. And he's involved with some of the hemp uh, trade groups as well, correct? That's correct. He actually uh, was one of the founding members of the Industrial Hemp Research Foundation here in Colorado, which is doing some incredible work with a couple universities around the area in order to, you know, see what we can find out about industrial hemp on on so many different levels, um, not just nutritionally like what we work with, but with so much more, um, with growing procedures, with um, fiber, with cattle feed. You know, there there are so many things that hemp can be utilized for. So he was a part of a founding member of this Industrial Hemp Research Foundation, um, but we're also members of pretty much any national and, and most state organizations out there um, just because we, a, a big part of, uh, once again, of, of who Bluebird is, is that we are fighting for free access to this plant for the farmers to be able to grow it for, you know, basically anything anything that we can do to push forward the agenda of this beautiful plant and, and really make it more available um, not only to consumers, but also to manufacturers and farmers, like I mentioned before, um, we're, we're, we're game. We're going to be a part of it. We're going to, we're going to put our hearts and souls into it. And, and what are the laws like right now in Colorado around growing hemp? And what are the worries for the farmers out there on the front lines? So right now, you know, Colorado is an interesting environment for cannabis and hemp because, you know, we do have a strong medical marijuana program in the state. Um, but there's also, you know, a lot of farmers who have decided that growing hemp, you know, which is the only difference between hemp and marijuana is the THC content, um, 
some of the farmers who embraced marijuana growing in the beginning and became really familiar with, you know, finding great genetics and good farming practices, um, they've moved over to producing hemp and they're able to apply some of those same practices to growing really high quality hemp. And as far as the, you know, the legality of that in Colorado, um, it's, you know, related to the, the 2014 federal farm bill. Um, which does allow for all states in the U.S. to grow hemp, um, you know, so long as their program is registered and uh, they make sure that their plants stay under 0.3 THC. Uh, the Colorado Department of Agriculture does go out and test the crops to make sure that they are staying under that 0.3 THC limit. Um, they also have, you know, a, a litany of, of standards for you know, growing practices to make sure that the growers are using proper, clean growing practices. And, uh, you know, they're, the entire Colorado program is really on the level for the, uh, the 2014 Farm Bill now and, and fully compliant there. So they are federally legal, federally legal hemp products. That's great. All the activists I know just see Colorado as a model in so many different ways. Um, now, for the technical side, what for the extraction process, I think it's fascinating. How do you take this giant version of a non-psychoactive hemp plant and turn it into a nice, clean bottle of CBD uh, for nutritional use only, by the way? So you know, one of the most common ways that um, people uh, extract the cannabinoids from the hemp plant is uh, CO2 extraction. And uh, that process uses uh, supercritical carbon dioxide. So... Uh, the carbon dioxide is cooled and pressurized into a liquid form, uh, which is then forced over the plant matter, and it actually pulls out a lot of the uh, beneficial compounds and uh, creates a, a thick, uh, dark paste or golden liquid. Um, and we use that cannabinoid-rich extract uh, blended into uh, carrier oils and various products, and uh, that's the uh, that's the good stuff right there. And the, the CO2 extraction process is great because, you know, there's no harmful solvents or anything involved. Um, and, uh, you know, CO2 is everywhere. Um, nothing too harmful there. And it, it makes a really nice, clean extract and gets a, a really good representation of the entire plant. And we've, we've also been moving towards using ethanol as well. And the reason that ethanol can also be a very best beneficial thing is, of course, ethanol, ethyl alcohol. Um, it's it's the alcohol that everybody knows and some people love, and it's a so it's a very safe um, uh, solvent to be using. And the one thing that the supercritical CO two extractions really don't do so well at is terpenes. So when you're when you're doing an extraction with CO two. Um, of course, when the CO2 is liquid, it's a highly polar solvent, but it tends to preferentially draw out things like the cannabinoids, um, chlorophyll, a number of other things, even some plant waxes. And it doesn't do so well with the terpenes, whereas ethanol extractions, they actually um, do a, a great job of bringing out more of the plant, including the terpenes. Um, so that's a method that we've been utilizing recently as well. And of course, very, very safe measures of evaporation, but even if there's a small amount of ethyl alcohol, it's not going to hurt anyone. Um, but it's, um, it, and, and so basically when we get these extracts in, uh, most of the extractions are done by our farmers at the farm themselves. So they've outfitted themselves with this equipment that's necessary in order to do these extractions. So they will take these hemp plants, they will do the extractions, and then we'll get in um, from our farmers uh, basically extracts of varying percentages of different cannabinoids, terpenes, all of the different things that come in that extract. So we do a round of testing, like Kevin was saying before, when we first get these um, extracts in where we're testing for purity and potency in, in many different ways. And then once we get those results back and everything is, is green to go, basically, we... Uh, We'll do. We'll, we'll figure out all of the the different math required in order to make as standardized of an ext or of a end product as possible. So sometimes that means combining a few different extracts together in order to make sure that the the CBD levels, the THC levels, the the cannabinoid levels in general, the terpene levels are as close to similar across the board as possible. And of course, when working with a natural plant, you're going to have variations um, depending upon the 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 that particular season, um, the conditions the everything is is going to cause variability so we do the best job that we can in order to make a standardized product um 
And then, so we, we get all that math done. We, we figure out precisely what we need as far as a recipe for the next batch of, of whatever product we're making. And then we, um, basically mix the batches in, in large for, for our ingestible blends, like 10 gallon batches. And we, we, we create these batches in our, um, in our laboratory, which is actually, we're just in the process of moving, which is another very exciting piece of news. But in our, our laboratory, that's, um, FDA registered, registered right? So, we take these when we get all the math done and basically figure out precisely what it is that we need to do for our um, particular batches in order to make them as standardized as possible. Um, we'll then take those extracts and all of the other ingredients that we've we've tested and verified into our laboratory, which is um, FDA registered as well as GMP compliant. Um, so we we basically we're we're up to speed with everything that we need to in order to be a dietary supplement manufacturer. Um, and, and we make these large batches, um, 10 gallons or more of these different products. And then something that's really unique about what Bluebird does is that we do the testing for every single batch of product that we make that someone might end up ingesting. So we do all of the testing that we talked about before with the purity and potency, but for the final batches. And then every single bottle that comes out of our facility has a batch number. So those customers can look up those batch results on our website and see precisely what's in their product and what's not in it. And we also provide the third-party lab tests. So a customer could call up, if they were dubious, they could call up the, the third-party lab and say, hey, I got this lab test from Bluebird Botanicals. It's saying that they sent this product to you for testing on this date, and it has these results. Are those accurate? And the lab tech at that third-party lab can say, yes, these are all accurate. So you know, in, in, in a, an industry that's so new, and I don't want to say unregulated because dietary supplements are more than regulated. Um, but in an, an area that's so new and there's possibility for so many people to have the shade pulled over their eyes when it comes to getting actual reliable products, um, one of our, our biggest driving points and one of, our, one of our biggest goals is to be as transparent as possible to let people know precisely what they're putting in their body so then they can make an informed decision about, hey, well, this particular blend really worked for me. Let's see what was in it. What could it have been that's giving me these these particular benefits to my health and wellness? And, and they can really do their own experimentation. And, and us all being real big geeks here, um, we really love experimenting with our health and our wellness and, and our diets and, and anything that, that could possibly make a change for our life. Um, so we want to be able to give as accurate information as possible and trustworthy information as possible to our customers so they can do the same. Yeah, it, it must be hard with extraction being so much more an art than a science of what you're actually getting sometimes. And especially with the entourage effect changing how these things get in your system, especially the terpenes seem to change how the cannabinoids interact with you. And just a little bit of terpenes can make such a big difference. Um, can that be a problem sometimes for people that uh, it might be little bits of things that are changing between formulations just because of natural variability? Sure. Yeah. And, you know, that's something that we definitely need to continually educate our customers about. The products are natural and there are going to be changes, uh, you know, we want to, you know, we want to try to make it so that the customers can expect to, you know, see something similar every time they order from us. But sometimes an extract might end up being a little bit darker or a little bit lighter. And so the color of the product can change. Uh, the taste of the product can change a little bit depending on that terpene content. And, you know, that subtle dance of the, the terpenes and the cannabinoids, you know, can definitely have a, a, an effect on, you know, how, how customers, uh, how effective the the product is for certain customers, the effect that they might get batch to batch. There could be slight variations there for sure. Um, but, you know, overall, the uh, the cannabinoids in, in the plants that we're using do stay pretty consistent. And, you know, we, we, we do our best to make sure that what the, what the customer is getting is going to be what they're expecting. And we work with them to educate them about the differences if there are any. Yeah, and I'd like to expand on that point real quick. In, in just that the... A big part of who we are as Bluebird is customer education. So when when someone calls up and and they and, and they're concerned about slight variability in the next batch, like Kevin was just talking about, um, we we really 
want to be able to empower our customers in a strong way. We don't want to just be talking heads all say, oh, well, you know, this is this is what we've seen and this is blah, 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 blah. And there's research that shows this and that and just give really dry data. I mean, some people love the dry data, but a majority of our customers, they want to be told precisely what to do and how much to take and this and that and the other thing. And we can't do that as a company that's selling dietary supplements. So what we do, and, and, and honestly, it's, it's, it's kind of beautiful in a certain way because I, I think that is what everyone should do is, is we, we attempt to empower our customers. So we, we sit with someone and we say, well, there's a lot of information online available. There's a lot of anecdotal stories. There's so much out there. And if you just do a few simple Google searches and spend some time compiling some information and figuring out what might work best for you, that would be a great starting point. And then what would be even better is if you start, you know, taking a product, you build a relationship with it, and then you do some self-experimentation. You know, don't be afraid because it's a very safe product. Don't be afraid to take a little bit less or a little bit more or more frequently or less frequently or take this much in the morning and that much at night. Um, you know, we've got a standard serving size, but that's a that's a starting point. And if you if you can spend time getting in touch with your body and feeling the difference and really noticing what this thing's doing for you and adapting so that it's doing the best for you that it can, that's going to be so great. And I really hope as a person, as, as, as someone who wants to see the world a better place, that when we teach customers how to do that, when we suggest to them that you know, being told to take X amount forever is, is, is the right way, kind of as they're taught by a lot of the pharmaceutical industry and doctors, like, oh, yeah, just take two of these per day and that's, you're good to go and we'll maybe do some checkups later. But when we teach them to empower themselves and to really figure out how it is that they can make some subtle changes in their lives and in their supplement regimen and in whatever else ways, that it will bleed into other areas in that they will start to notice that, oh, well, I can make different choices in other areas of my life too, not just with my supplement um, regimen with Bluebird Botanicals, but you know, I, there, there are so many options available to me. And, and that kind of intellectual curiosity of self, I think is like a, a key tool of empowerment. And I'd like to see more of that. And what are some of the questions that you get asked the most by customers calling in? So, you know, a lot of a lot of customers call in and ask, you know, the difference between our blends. Um, you know, we do offer a number of different formulas, and it can be a little bit daunting for someone who's new to these types of products. So we definitely, you know, work to try to explain the differences between the blends and, you know, what goes into all of them uh, while, you know, trying to maintain that, you know, compliance where we, we aren't able to discuss medical issues. We aren't able to make any claims or discuss the research around these things. So a lot of it's just educating on the, the ingredients and in the blends. So with our, our hemp classic blend, that's, you know, something that we usually direct people who are new to this thing to, um, because it's our most basic blend. It's our hemp seed oil and hemp extract. And you can kind of start from there to get a feel for the cannabinoids. And then moving on from there, you know, we have our, our hemp complete blend, which is gets a little bit more confusing to explain to people who aren't familiar with cannabinoids or these types of things because we use a raw extract we also use a heated extract so then we get into the discussion of you know the acid forms of cannabinoids and decarboxylation um, we also add steam distilled terpenes to the complete blend so that can kind of open up the the conversation even more and you know depending on how far people want to go we can educate them on you know the way that we've formulated these blends to include all these different you know, great parts of the plant. Um, with our signature blend, we add some essential oils to it. Um, and so that can, you know, guide the conversation more towards people looking into, you know, a whole range of botanical options to in incorporate into their supplement regimen. Um, and it just kind of depends on, you know, how educated the customers are and how far they really, uh, you know, want to want to push this, you know, experience of learning more about, cannabinoids and more about hemp extracts um so you know it's it can be a, it can be a challenge because you don't want to overwhelm people with this whole new world at first but we are here to you know to help in any way possible and we can we're willing to get as deep as the customer wants to go 
a whole new world. <laughs> so that's that's definitely one of the most common questions we have is, you know, which blend should I be taking? Which blend is right for me? Um, but we also get a lot of very basic questions. As Kevin was just saying, this is an introduction for a lot of people into the world of cannabis, um, especially a lot of the older population, a lot of baby boomers. A lot of people are are you know, just starting to get their feet wet and they're not interested in taking any sort of medical marijuana. They, they don't, they don't want to get high. They don't want to feel stoned, but they, they've heard from friends or from family or from the internet or from a television program they're watching that cannabis might have some benefits for them. So they end up calling us up and we will, we will speak with those people for as long as we need to. I mean, I've, I've spent nearly two hours on the phone with customers before um, just because they're, they're brand new and they want to know what's the difference between hemp and marijuana. How do I know this is legal? So I'll actually like walk them through the process of, of what it means and the, the federal bills and, and the state laws and all these things that, you know, basically will give them a satisfying answer so that they can feel safe and knowing that when they order our products, it is legal and they can receive it and it will be safe. Um, so, you know, when we get a lot of questions about, you know, will this make me high? Will I feel a drug test? Will I, and, and just very, very basic questions. And, and the basic questions are once again, the most common ones. And it, it does get repetitive. I'm not going to lie when you're talking on the phone and you answer the same question for the hundredth time. Um, but the feeling that you get when it clicks for someone, when you can, you, you can even hear it in the silence over the phone where all of a sudden it's like, Oh, I get that now. That is so worth it. It's so worth a hundred times explaining in the 50 people that didn't get it. The, the couple people that get it is, is just a, it's a really beautiful moment and, and something that, uh, I think most of the people that work here and answer the phones really appreciate. Well, then I'd like uh, to be the 101st question on the two things that you mentioned about what is uh, the cannabinoid acid forms and decarboxylation mean, and also how is this legal according to these state bills, if you want to tackle those two, and the drug testing one, actually. Of course. Sure. So for the uh, decarboxylation and the acid forms of the cannabinoids, um, Traditionally, uh, people thought when you know they began researching cannabinoids that uh, THCA, CBDA, the uh, the acid forms, there's a number of them. Um, they were believed to be less effective and, and less uh, bioavailable, and so uh, the process of decarboxylation is just heating those cannabinoids to release that acid group and turn the uh, acid forms like THCA and CBDA into THC and CBD, which were traditionally considered to be more bioavailable and more active. Um, you know, that was sort of the initial understanding. But now that our research on cannabinoids has been expanding, we're, we're learning more about the benefits of the acid forms and all of the different cannabinoids out there. Um, so that's why we decided to, to make a product, the Hemp Complete, that has raw extract in it and does contain those acid forms of cannabinoids. Um, and as far as the uh, legality piece, um, the 2014 federal farm bill is the, uh, the most recent piece of legislation that, that we're operating under and that has made it so that these products are federally legal. Um, it's a uh, it was an amazing bill that really revolutionized, you know, the hemp industry in the U.S. because it gave the go-ahead for farmers to start working with cannabis plants in all 50 states, which was really a, a revolution. And, um, you know, it used to be that hemp was grown all over the U.S. and that died off for quite some time. And we've been able to, it's been able to bring some life back to agricultural economies across the country and just kind of started the things in definitely in the right direction here, but there's still a lot of misinformation going around about the legality and, uh, the DEA has been trying to, uh, you know, put their opinion out there. They, they aren't a lawmaking entity, so they aren't able to change the law, but they are able to issue opinions that scare people about the legal status of cannabinoids. And so over the past year, we've definitely had a lot of, uh, customers who have gotten worried over the, the statements the DEA has been making, um, we're just, we need to remind them that the federal law hasn't changed and that the, the 2014 federal farm bill is still in effect and still allows for, uh, for hemp in all 50 states. And so, and you're shipping your products to all 50 states of the United States. 
Yeah, so we we actually do ship our products to, I mean, most of our products to all 50 states. Um, One state that is an exception currently is South Dakota. Um, There is a growing contention between the hemp industry as we know it and this new player, GW Pharmaceuticals, who is basically, they they created a um, pharmaceutical drug, basically, from hemp. And they, it's very, very high in CBD, but also contains some other of the minor constituents. And, you know, God bless them for, for creating something and, and doing clinical trials to see exactly what it's going to do. Um, and those clinical trials are available and out there now. They passed phase three clinical trials with the FDA. Um, but also, like a lot of the other big corporations, you know, they exist primarily and solely to make money. You know, they they are looking to make as much money as possible. And sometimes that means dubious ethical plays. And one of those was that this past year, they they basically hired a bunch of lobbyists to go to different states and try to push bills that would essentially they were saying that it was making way, quote unquote, for their products so that basically when they became fully FDA authorized and legal, that they could basically go into these states and say, okay, this is a new pharmaceutical drug. And now you've got this, this law in place that states that, you know, CBD or hemp or whatever can be distributed to your state because it's legally in there. Um, but the, the particular way that they put it in, into effect, um, made it very, uncertain whether our products are still legal or not there. So we, we haven't had any sort of clarification that's told us otherwise, but we're also incredibly conservative when it comes to what we're doing, because we, we want to remain here and helping the people that we're helping for as long as possible, hopefully forever. And, um, if we were to make some, some brash moves like we had in the past when we were first starting out, um, then it, it might be, um, a danger to us and to our customers. And, and we don't want to risk that. So the, the, that very kind of, uh, um, two-sided language until it's cleared up, we're not shipping any of our CBD products to South Dakota. Um, but something that's also worth celebrating is that this language was attempting to be put in place in a couple of other States in last year's legislative session. And we successfully ended up working with some of the, the national organizations, um, utilizing our, our email subscriber list and a couple other companies' email subscriber lists and these national organization subscriber lists and, and mobilizing people around those states to contact their representatives and say, hey, I'm not okay with this. I personally use hemp products I pers- or I know someone that uses hemp products and this might get in the way of them using those particular products. And, and, and there was a large response to it and they ended up shutting down those bills in those States. So it's, it was also, you know, worth celebrating and also a a strong string of hope for us that even though there are these big pressures in play that might end up causing some issues, um, that we, we can band together and then we can truly make a difference. And also that politicians still listen to their constituents and, and that if we, if we need to do something, if we need to change something, if we need to get our voices out there, um, we have the ability to do so and they will be listened to. Yeah. That, and it's, it's one of the great things that you still can change how things get done. And it speaks to that tough issue of the pharmaceuticalization of cannabis, because it is good that GW now has these really strong peer reviewed trials for epilepsy in children with cannabinoids on the flip side. Anybody who knows how to use YouTube can see enough anecdotal evidence and convince any good doctor that there's something to explore here. And there's been research in Czech Republic in the 50s that was really strong about epilepsy. And this goes back to – and even Assyrian tablets um, from a long time ago talk about the hand of God and cannabis being the solution to that. And it's this tough line between it's good to have very, very pharmaceutical-grade standardized medicine, but that costs a lot of money. And you have this plant that needs to be as cheap and as free as possible because it is. It's a great medicine for so many things, which I can say, um, and because the peer-reviewed evidence is so overwhelming. And this back and forth, I was wondering what what, it, what are your thoughts now as you have to deal with these different entities like the FDA and the DEA? What are their biggest, your biggest concerns moving forward, and what are the greatest areas of hope in this industry as it goes forward? You know, I think the the hope is that there's there's room for 
everyone in in this industry and that you know like you said people have been making hemp oil products for thousands and thousands of years um you know to really isolate that and start doing clinical trials on it is a new is a new development and you know like mike said there you know for for gw to invest the money in those clinical trials and um, help bring that into, you know, the mainstream medical community is going to, you know, make a difference in a lot of people's lives. There's people who, who don't really trust anything unless it's prescribed by a doctor. And, um, so, you know, they, they will be helping people. Um, but you know, we, our hope is that, um, the regulatory agencies will recognize that there, there's a difference between the products, you know, a, a standardized pharmaceutical blend is not always going to be the same as, you know, a, a full spectrum hemp extract that's, you know, natural and changing because of the, the growing seasons and all the, you know, variations in the plant. Um, and also, you know, the, uh, the pharmaceutical blends, they, they could end up, you know, having different effects. Um, they could end up being, you know, slightly different in a number of ways. And also for, for some people, maybe access through, you know, the, the conventional medical route isn't as easy. Um, and there's people who, who want to avoid, you know, going to doctors or who have, you know, might not have good health insurance. Um, so, you know, our hope is that there's room for everyone and that our age, our, you know, our industry um, doesn't get regulated in a way that, you know, would, would shut us down or make it so that we aren't able to provide these products to people who need them. But, things are going to be changing a lot and we're, we're ready, we're nimble and we're going to, you know, do our best to comply with whatever the changes are that happen over the next few years and hope to continue to be able to supply these products to everyone who needs them. Yeah, most certainly. And then also there's a, there's a, a lawsuit currently, I think two lawsuits now, right. Uh, against the DEA um, from Hoban law firm, um, which Robert Hoban is just a, he's an incredible supporter of, of cannabis in general, but he's, he's basically been the, the legal voice for our industry and has just done amazing work. And he brought a uh, lawsuit against the DEA that that's basically, it's essentially saying, you know, the, the statements that they made need to be retracted and they need to, to come to terms with the legality of hemp. Um, so we have hopes there that should this lawsuit, um, uh, be successful that the DEA would, would kind of have to, to turn, they basically say to the public, you know, we, we kind of screwed up. We, we said something that wasn't technically true. Um, and these products are legal under federal guidelines. So we're, we're not going to do anything about it. They're safe. And that kind of thing could create a huge splash in the industry, not only for the online retail space that we currently operate in, but also we have huge hopes that when that day comes, I'm going to say when, when that day comes that, Stores like Whole Foods, like Kroger's, like even Walmart. I mean, like any place that wants to carry these products will then feel safe too. Because currently, that's something that uh, that's not really open to us. There are a lot of small mom and pop stores and in great, uh, you know, natural food co-ops and things like that around the nation that carry our products. But there are so many more options available that there or so many more stores available that are, are large and, and really have a strong voice and, and also a lot of money that they could pump into the industry if things were right. Um, that, that can't, that currently are taking the stance that, well, the DEA said this, so we're going to stay away from it for the time being. We'll watch with a very interested eye, but we won't invest yet. So there's, we, we hope that that will, will turn things around. Um, and also the, the the FDA, you know, there's a lot of people like to put this real strong, um, kind of like, I guess like diametrically opposed aspect over the the current hemp industry and the FDA, and show that you know the FDA is not our friend, and but really that's that's not the case. I mean, the FDA, they're 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 a great agency. They they I think that they're doing a lot of work to keep consumers safe. I mean, with things like ephedra and things that were obviously dangerous, they did, they have great responses. They're, they're able to, um, to inform consumers. They're able to put, you know, proper regulations in place in order to keep consumers safe. Because as much as I, I kind of have this libertarian streak in me of like wanting freedom for people to access whatever they want, that also means there's going to be a lot of shysters that will market things that are absolutely dangerous. And, 
I'm sorry to say it, a lot of very gullible people that will believe those marketing claims and will consume something that's actually incredibly harmful for them or doesn't do anything and they spend their life savings on. So I, you know, I'm, I'm very much opposed to that kind of, um, horrible dynamic that could exist. And the FDA, I think does a great job of making sure that the products are safe. And in fact, in 20, I think it was early 2016, February, they, they purchased a bunch of products on the market in this hemp um, CBD or hemp extract space. And they did testing on them so that they could show, they basically provide a consumer report saying, hey, these particular companies, we purchased products from them. This is what they tested as. And some of the products they purchased didn't have any CBD, even though they were claiming like 90% CBD or 60% CBD. And then they actually purchased one of our products from one of our resellers. And they confirmed that it was precisely what was in the bottle that w- what we were advertising. So, you know, I, I think that they're, they're doing a great job of kind of keeping keeping too strong of an opinion out of the market and just kind of making sure that companies aren't making ridiculous claims or, you know, um, because that, that was a part of that research as well as they went to people's websites and folks that were claiming that it would cure or heal anything. They basically sent them a cease and desist letter saying, Hey, you got 15 days to take these things down. If you don't, you know, you're going to be in trouble, which I, you know, once again, I think that's a highly beneficial thing because we don't need companies out there claiming that it will cure or heal anything because there's no guarantee when it comes to anything in life. So when companies are making guarantees about it, it it's really does a disservice to the consumer and the industry in general when someone says or someone is told hey this will heal or cure my whatever and then it doesn't then they're going to tell all their friends hey by the way that that hemp extract stuff it's all bunk it's all bad you know it doesn't do anything for you Um, but really they might have gotten a product that either was marketed improperly or didn't contain any sort of cannabinoids or terpenes so i i think that they're they're doing a great job and i i hope that we get a a I hope that we build a strong relationship with FDA and that we're able to um, be on the same page and the same side. That makes sense. And it does seem like a reasonable response is instead of putting in a raid, send a letter saying you can't claim this cures cancer. Um, And by the way, if anyone wants to look up more about uh, shenanigans in the industry, the report is Martin Lee's uh, Hemp Oil Hustlers you can see online, uh, which is rather damning. And and there's responses to that as well. and it, and the other interesting part about the FDA is what Rick Doblin of MAP says is that he – of the agencies he works with to try to get MDMA legal, he thinks that the FDA is the one most based on science. And he's seen that pivot even in the last, I think, decade. He said they really stopped trying to be any kind of political agency but really trying to follow the science. And that can be hard because the science you – know, science is also an art. It's never as clear-cut as you want it to be. But it seems like they're trying to find a good – middle ground here on this thing that has tons of research in one way, but in the other is a very new industry that's trying to find itself. And so for the final question, I always like to ask, so if we gave you regulatory control of the United States in how these products are getting out there, how the hemp gets grown, how it gets tested, what would be the most important things you would want to see about this industry and what can be said and done with it? Oh, man. I, you know, I think that we've uh, we've done a pretty good job setting uh, setting some best practices for the industry so far with our um, you know really really strict quality constri- control standards, our batch testing. Um, you know, to be able to look up and see a, a third party test result for every bottle of our products and know exactly what's in each batch of our products that you're getting, I think is huge for our customers. And I think the FDA would definitely respect that. So I'm hoping that, you know, when, when these products do become more regulated, that that's, that's one of the criteria there is the, uh, the third party lab testing, because that's huge. Um, you know, to, to be able to know that there's no dangerous amounts of heavy metals or pesticides or anything in your product. And also to be able to know the, the cannabinoid content, um, and be able to look that up. I think that's that's really going to be key. Oh yeah, I, I completely agree. And and you know, a big part of what of what Bluebird is in the industry too is, and, and it's part of our mission statement is to constantly be raising the bar in the industry and and you know make this industry as trustworthy as possible, or at least Bluebird as trustworthy as possible. Um, but as far as the 
you know, this, this goes back to what I was just talking about where, you know, I've got this libertarian streak in me where I'd, I'd like freedom to prevail and I'd like people to be able to do as they please in a certain way, as long as it's not harming others. Um, but when you're, when it comes to producing things like this and growing hemp, I mean, it can be very harmful if someone is using the wrong pesticides or they're using a growth accelerant that actually ends up um, leaching into the plant material, comes out in extraction, isn't tested for by the third-party laboratory, and ends up, you know, hurting a lot of people. And I'm, I'd like to see something done about that. And I don't know precisely how that looks because I'm not a, I'm not strong into, um, you know, regulation theory or or even precisely how the FDA does what they do or the Colorado Department of Ag does what they do, what kind of resources available, what kind of, um, you know, checks that they make. I'm not up to speed on that kind of thing, but I guess just kind of as a, as a, as a very mile high view, I, I would like some sort of, I guess maybe registration process and then um, oversight when people are growing hemp specifically for, dietary supplements or to be used in um in medicine if it's being turned into a pharmaceutical um, when people are growing plants for that specific reason i think there needs to be a little bit more oversight when um when it comes to testing for these things that could end up being harmful um, so you know a strong database of dangerous growth accelerants pesticides herbicides um, fertilizers whatever it is and then being able to test samples from these farms and, and do kind of like random QA um, tests where they, they're making sure that these farmers are staying away from things that could end up hurting people. Um, you know, that, that's one of the reasons why we do the third party testing is to make sure that our farmers aren't using anything that might end up hurting our plants. Also, another reason that we have strong relationships with our farmers. You know, we want to make sure that what they're doing is how we would do it. And they're, they're keeping things as natural and organic as possible. And so I would like to see some oversight there. I think that that would be a, a real big win for the consumer and also for the industry if they're being held to standards that were that make sense for people that are looking to increase their health and wellness. And I think that the uh, the state level medical and recreational marijuana programs that we have going right now are actually going to do a really good job of uh, setting some standards for the industry that the FDA will be able to look to for guidance. And we have these programs in every state and they're working on, you know, those standards for pesticides and really regulating the marijuana industry. And I think that will help us set a good framework and see what works well for those states that have those programs. And then hopefully the FDA will be able to look to those programs for how they'll regulate the entire industry across the U S the great state experiments coming from Colorado. Well, to you two bluebirds, thanks so much for taking the time to talk, and thank you for getting the plant to the people. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Lex.